She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. separated from the mother and that seems to become particularly potent or necessary maybe around the ages of like 9 to 13 15 and in traditional societies nowadays like i just went i'm 35 Yeah, and, and actually, won't. that's one of the like you that's won't. one of the big messages of initiation, right? Is you're not that important. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I think this is like this gets the key of like what's so scary about going is that the part of me that's like I'm super important, I'm special. <laughs> so as I said, you're not going to talk to us about the content of the initiation. Yes, if if you're interested, go read Bill Plotkin. Go, Stop. Go Let me finish my question. <laughs> oh, my God. You are Read not important. Or, or. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Farah Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to change it up today. And hello to the not-so-beautiful people. Also. Oh, no. Yeah, don't they're, want to exclude them. Do you think they're out there? <laughs> oh, no, Alistair. Spiritual people are always beautiful people. All right, You're stop. All enough, enough with that nonsense. I'm sure you all are beautiful, although I do not care if you are not. Today, we are talking, finally, about your man's rite of passage that you went in California yeah. at the end of October. It's an initiation for men, guided by men. And you explore the topic of men's rite of passage, initiation. We're not going to talk about much about what actually went on there, but more about why I ended up going yeah. and some of the larger uh, themes it's around. It's a good conversation, even if you're not a man, because uh, there's a lot about like ego death and elderhood. And initiation is something we all need. And this conversation talks about that greater theme of being initiated into a bigger life, a life that is not so egocentric or self-absorbed, but a life initiated to the bigger picture. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, Far Out people. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Going well. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you back. Nice to have you back. Um, updates. Some updates, yes. Some updates. Let us let us begin with some updates. Updates. Uh, Alistair discovered Yin Yoga. Alistair, it's so funny. It's really funny whenever he discovers like there's like it's like any practice that's too soft. Yeah. Is like Alistair's is like, nah. yeah, yeah. and or, then I finally convinced him the other day. I was like, this is some yin yoga. You, did, you didn't like, convince me as much as like, also, it seems to be what's called for with rehabbing my back right now. I, I think you only figured that out after you did the first the first uh, thing with me, though. I convinced you. Okay, Let sure. me have this one. All right, Let you me can have, this. have it if you want. <laughs> Billy Roxanne convinced me to do yin yoga. <laughs> but uh, it's been kind of a, honestly, I've. I have been enjoying a lot because 
It puts me. I feel so high afterwards. It is so nice. The, the yin high is is nice, and it wasn't something I was totally aware of. It, it's really me really neither. Nice. And you know, you're like, I'm doing yin, and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like, just soft and gentle, and it's like, oh, I don't have to. I don't have to work for this. We're just. It's just nice and nice and comfortable and cozy the whole way through. Just, <laughs> you know. Even though there's some deep stretches there's and all that, stretches. it's not the same as like there's not the warrior aggressiveness no. of like vinyasa. There, there is a warrior aspect to I think getting deep in the like yeah. to the kind of letting go and like really letting yourself drop into a particular pose. Mm-hmm. But I, I do need a why usually for these things. And before before rehabbing my back, I don't think I really had the why on this one. Although the the yin high, I will say, is a good why. It's a good forward. yeah, it is. And I, I totally see the benefit in it. So I'm not knocking that, but I, I'm more of a hot yoga flow person. Yeah, did Bikram a couple times, but it, it's pretty amazing how how you can feel. But it's um it's kind of intense. Is that the sweaty the, one? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's well, there's hot yoga, but this is like a style of hot yoga. I feel like they've changed the name because the guy yeah, is a fucker. Yeah, because the guy's a nut job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably. Don't watch the, don't watch the documentary. Now if you like Bikram yoga. No, even if, if you're a woman, don't watch the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible choice. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, that one's been a little sullied for me, but, um, yeah, yin yoga's great, but it, it, it's helping me, I think, getting into deeper stretches because I have a section of, of the fascia. That is tense and tight and not letting go. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm working on that through massage and also yin yoga. Mm. And this just seems to be continuing the theme of this year, which is softening. I was going to say, welcome to another episode of Alistair Softening. Yeah, yeah. But just so you know, uh, I'm also continuing to be rugged. I was just outside chopping wood in a t-shirt. <laughs> and it's definitely pretty cool out there. So don't worry. Elster is still craggy. The cragginess <laughs> continues. Wonderful. Well, speaking of uh, cragginess and softness as a man, today we're talking about your men's rite of passage. Yeah. Uh, I did this back in October. Um, I found one. It's called an MROP or men's rite of passage. This was with an organization called Illumin. From Richard Rohr used to... to be kind of at the head of this. Mm-hmm. And then they've spun off into their own organization that's con- continuing this work. But Richard Rohr's not intimate, as intimately involved, or he's not involved uh, like he used to be, but he he was kind of the found, founder, I think, mm. of this along with somebody else. So that helped me get into it because Richard Rohr, if you're into men's work, is a definitely an interesting read. He's spent a lot of his life He's, I always forget what he was. If he's like, I don't know what the difference between like friar and father. He's a fa- father. What is a father? If you call him like Father Richard in the, in the Christian church. He's like a church. priest. Priest, yeah. I mean, in the Catholic church, yeah, at least. Yeah, I in the Catholic. Know. He's yeah. Catholic. Yeah, if yeah, you say yeah. father, usually you're a priest. Yeah, so he's, um, he's in that tradition. But he has a pretty radical kind of more, very more Gnostic pers- perspective of Christ's teachings. Mm-hmm. And his perspective on that alone is, is very interesting, and he's a very good speaker. He's also done a fair amount of work on the Enneagram, mm. uh, which is also something we find fascinating. Yeah, Enneagram is awesome. Yeah, and turns out he's done you know decades of work on men's work, um, particularly men's initiations and rites of passage. And in this kind of perspective, which is not just pushed forward by him, but by others like Bill Plotkin and many, many, many others, it's... It's a trend of thought for sure currently, um, which is that uh, our modern 
culture has completely forgot the traditional ways we used to initiate uh, youth into mm. adulthood. And as a result, we don't have any adults. Mm. Uh, we have grown-up adolescents yeah. basically running the world and in a lot of our positions of power. Um, and we sure as hell don't have elders that are actually catering you know, to the cosmos and into some of the bigger picture. So this is a this is a uh, critique that that I resonate quite a lot with, and the initiations kind of seem like as like a psycho spiritual tool, basically mm-hmm. for when the person is ready, when it's the right time, for kind of adding that little whatever that oomph is to kind of push or encourage them to psychically molt or mm. or transform. Mm. And it seems in some ways that maybe men really need this because um, we don't go through an initiation the way women do around their bodies mm. and around having their first menstruation. Mm-hmm. That's a massive initiation that men just don't have. It, seem, it seems with men, this transmission very much has to happen from older men. Mm. Um, not to say that that's not true with women, um, but maybe we're even more vulnerable mm. to it not happening at all mm-hmm. uh, because we don't have a built-in biological mechanism that is also initiating us. So uh, I'd, like, I'd like to hear, because I don't actually, th- I, f- I mean, I feel like I feel like you kind of did this thing on your own. Like I wasn't super involved in the process of like you going there and, and doing it, which is kind of new for us or so always doing shit together it's yeah. it's it's new for us to do things separately and so i don't feel like i've been very involved in your process of like deciding to go to that to that and like seeking it out and i don't even know how it came into your field like just tell us a little bit about like why you decided to go and well it's for it's for these reasons these ideas resonate with me pretty strongly yeah. um so it's been a lot of my reading especially as i've um dove into men's work a lot more this year Um, we've been doing the wild man programs at Wild Within. Mm-hmm. That's really also in, kind of pushed my own um, exploration and growth in these in these areas. This threat of initiation or or not or lack of initiation, I feel like I've experienced it very personally mm-hmm. in my life. Like I don't feel like I was ever initiated, and and I can feel that longing for like, and this is not something usually that that your father can do for you, right? This is, this is usually like if we were imagining a village situation, mm-hmm. it would be the collect, the collective of men in the village, mm-hmm. but it, it likely would not actually be your father. That, that seems like to be a difficult role yeah. to, to be an initiate. It, w- it would be the uncles yeah, 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 or the other men in the, in, in the community that, that might do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, uh, a way it might happen traditionally um, would be like, Because the boys are with the mother up to that point, right? And so they're they're being nourished by the mother. They're very much in the mother's domain. They're not really spending time with the men who are out maybe hunting or doing whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. In our current time, it's, it's often been the men who are the breadwinners, so they're outside of the house as well. Mm-hmm. We don't see what they're doing. We're with the mother, um, and and there seems to be a psychic need and importance for men to be separated from the mother, And that seems to become particularly potent or necessary maybe around the ages of like nine to 13, 15 and in traditional societies, 
nowadays, like, I just went, I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but in a more traditional initiation setting, that it might happen between, like, say, 9 and 13 yeah. or 9 and 15. And probably, like, more like 9 and 13. Yeah, I was going to say 15. And 15 at, at that like, point, you're, you're a man, in the, especially in these in, in cultures where, you know, the the expected life, the life expectancy much might be slower or earlier. You might be uh, having a family by the time you're in your late teens. And, yeah. But anyway, so what would happen or what might happen is one day you're with the you're with the women, right? Maybe uh, whatever. And the men come and they're wearing masks and they abduct you. And the mothers know this is going to happen, but they put on a show and uh, they try to defend you and, and can't but fail to. And, and they're crying and grieving and, uh, you know. Wailing. Wailing as you are taken off by men in masks to the forest, right? Mm-hmm. To undergo a certain ra- certain rites of initiation or whatever. And you would be deemed ripe for this work mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, you would have hit some... Um, this whiz, usually one of the jobs of elders, would be to recognize when the young are ready for this. And then you go through some sort of um, intensive period of trials, usually. It might include fasting... Um, it might include pain or wounding. Mm. Um, and it's not meant to be masochistic, but uh, it's symbolic. It's symbolic for the ways we've all been wounded in our lives and to get in touch with that, that um, those initial wounds. And you often would go through some trials and tribulations of some sort. And at the culmination of that, um, you might you would be kind of welcomed into the tribe of men. You would take your position as a man among men, mm-hmm. you would no longer be the boy. You'd be a man. You might receive a new name or something, mm. um, or you might receive something about your purpose. You might have gone on a quest, a vision quest or, or something like that. And you would be also initiated into the cosmos of the men. You'd be initiated into the mythology, maybe, and some of the magic and like and, the sense making, like the yeah. why are we yeah, alive? Yeah, the traditions and, like, of the man, which are the things that were often held by the men, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that part of the culture. So you you'd be initiated into a larger perspective than you currently had, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good way to look at what's happening here: is that you're going from an adolescent, um, self-absorbed being, and through these, you know, and everyone, every tribe or every culture might do it differently through this difficult experience that could be life even life-threatening mm-hmm. something that happens and you are you die basically you know the the words coming to mind for me are the words i think they're the words on the archway above like the oracle of delphi mm. which is um now i'm not going to get it quite right but it's like uh die the first death and you have nothing to fear from the second mm. die before you die that's basically what the initiation is about. I feel like I have to insert here that uh, I don't think the women were putting on a show. If someone, no matter how much I know that this is going to happen, when a a bunch of masked men come into my house to talk, to take my boy. All I'm saying is that it's orchestrated. No, but I'm just, I'm just, no, but I I was, I'm not even like, I'm not trying to be like snarky or whatever at you. I'm just like reflecting because I've heard you share that story a lot of the time. A lot of times it's like, I don't think that the women are putting on as much of a show. It's like if you know that your flesh and blood boy is going to be taken into the forest and that he's going to be undergoing such 
in, in initiation and, and trials and suffering. And he's not going to be your boy anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I would be it's crying hardcore. It's a hardcore. severance from the mother. Yeah. He is now going to be with the men. And oftentimes that might actually, that might actually mean that he no longer can be with the women at all. Mm. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it was serious. Paradise lost. So there's like some major themes here. There's a shift from the mother's house to the father's house. Um, there is an introduction or into like revelation and a much larger perspective, but really what, and there's a death of the little self. There's a death of the little self so that we come out of our ego, our ego fixated adolescent perspective. And through this process, we die to that and start to inhabit our, a a larger, a larger perspective Mm -hmm. that we start to serve something greater than ourselves. The ego now is put in a secondary position as an important tool, the personality, for serving a greater purpose, but it is no longer front and center. I think that is one of the most important parts about an effective initiation for men, is it is that it is ego death and and a reorientation of how things are lined up. Because this is when the boy becomes a man, because, because why? Because he can now actually be of value to his community he can he can he can actually take a place in it he he's considered an adult because he's going to be uh serving the community mm-hmm. and this seemed to be i mean from what we can see this seemed to be universal across all sorts of cultures is that they they had rights to do this it seems to be necessary to the health of the each each tribe or village or whatever that they did do it so that the so that the men took up their place and were um, valuable and not, you know, because an adolescent personality uh, that's selfish, that's threatening mm-hmm. or that's dangerous mm-hmm. for the well-being of the tribe. Right. And yeah. it's dangerous for that person as well, because ultimately, if if they don't learn, they're going to they're going to be exiled. Yeah. Right. So it seems like a necessity, um, particularly in old, in more ancient ways of living to have gone through this. But it was a psycho-spiritual tool for ushering on psychic evolution. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I think uh, we often will look, we look back and say, well, it seems very primitive what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, some, sometimes the boys died, right? Like so, and, and it doesn't have to be done that way, but some are definitely carried out to much more intense in, I, I mean, I, I've heard stories. I can't confirm these, but I, I've I've read and heard stories of you know boys who would be buried alive. You, like that that is one of the ways this could happen: is you could be buried alive. You might have a straw mm. that goes up to the uh, ground surface, surface yeah. yeah, and the elders might be there uh, talking shit about you and laughing about how foolish you were for allowing them to bury you, mm. and then they'll walk off or whatever. But I've also heard. Which sounds that that sounds terrifying to me. Uh, I I don't think the mo- like the uh, the we're not. I I don't think we could handle that. No no no. We're like we're we can't. Yeah. <laughs> no. We but well, if you think about it, it's like we've there's generations lost in that process. Yeah. So like we we can't there's just go back to no, the no. toughness. Not that, saying you know? that that's probably not appropriate for yeah. us, but or maybe necessary. Yeah. Um, I've also heard read stories of them being buried up to their head. In the jungle yeah. in Africa, and sometimes they would lose a boy to a lion, oh my god, or something like that. So, right. like you can, you know, but that experience of 
that's how intense the experience could be to, to shake us out of this kind of egocentric way of living is like we actually may have to think we're going to die to get in touch with something greater Mm. right so it is really like almost convincing the boy he is going to die yeah because it can't be just a game it can't be like oh maybe no it's it's deadly serious Mm -hmm. so i i've been doing a lot of studying on this and i look at my own life and i i don't feel like and so so what can happen when you when you don't have these initiations well it's suggested that a lot of us are looking for initiation. Like a lot of what we're doing is trying to be initiated, but you cannot be initiated by your peers. Mm. You cannot initiate yourself, Mm. or at least this is very rare. One of the key components of this is that there are older men that are, that are holding the space and guiding you through this. There are elders or at least initiated adults that Mm -hmm. are doing this work. That's, that's, it seems to be an important part uh, for boys is, is the men, the transmission that comes from initiated men. And I've, I felt that. I felt like I, I, haven't, I haven't seen those men. They haven't taken an interest in me. Mm. And the closest things I've gone to initiation are like mentorships, like maybe business mentorships or, yeah. or, 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 or things like that. Maybe like s- pseudo in a therapeutic context or at a meditation retreat. Or I, I could identify with it a lot also because this seems to happen a lot in in shamanic contexts you're initiated by the medicine and stuff but still there's not a lot of structure around that and you don't know exactly what's happening but like in a in a shamanic context oftentimes a dismemberment mm. or or being consumed or killed by a an animal is a, a great achievement mm. in in in, in <laughs> visions in, in, in well yeah it could be a very strong experience right? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but yeah, in, but, in yeah, 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 but true. Not In the imaginal realm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like in, in the throes of an ayahuasca experience, feeling like you're being dismembered and being annihilated is a form of initiation. It is a form of, of what we're talking about. And I've had some experiences like that, but they don't have the same, they're not structured by a community mm-hmm. that implies meaning on that and also guides us through that. That's like strapping a rocket on your back and, and not really, you know, it seems important the communities involved. Yeah, I mean, especially with like the the meaning making around these things, because I think that an initiation with plant medicine that is not actually held and supported by the community in the aftermath, it can be can be more rattling than anything else. And diff- we can be initiated to different things, right? And the thing I went to for Illumin particularly was to be initiated as a man mm. by men. Mm. The other reason. Speaking to the question of why why I went, I also look around and I don't see very many I feel are, are initiated either. Mm. I don't. It sounds mean, and I don't mean it in that way. I'm not, going, but I don't see a lot of true men, mm. and in, me included, mm-hmm. in that in a lot of ways. Like I don't feel like I don't feel like any of us have been taught, and I don't feel like any of us have been modeled this. Mm-hmm. We don't have good models of men. A lot of the, it just if you look at Hollywood, a lot of the stuff is like. It ridicules men. That's very in vogue right now, particularly with like patriarchy and stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and like toxic masculinity. But we are we are the pendulum has swung in a lot of ways where we're just ripping on men. Mm-hmm. We're ripping on like we don't have any model or image of good of, of a, a life enhancing, powerful masculinity. Yeah, and I think the thing we forget sometimes with this whole you know reaction to patriarchy or toxic masculinity is like men are. Men and boys and men are just as much victims to this as women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
a lot of people may like flags might go up yeah. when you say that. But it's it I think it's I think it's totally true that this hurts men as much as it hurts women. Mm-hmm. It's 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 bad for both of us. We get raped but they get set they get sent off to wars. That's yeah, yeah, right? Like I I mean I, I it's not a contest. Anything, no, no, but, yeah, exactly. It's but if you look at like we, if you look at world wars, right? The men, like, there's whole generations of men from that time in like Russia that that are completely wiped off the planet. Mm-hmm. But but even it doesn't have to be such a drastic example. I think just the the lack of models for true men in in our in our society and culture is fairly devastating for us. Mm-hmm. And and I've definitely felt that longing, that desire. To see men that felt truly like initiated men and for them to take an interest in my own development mm-hmm. and in becoming something like that. Because mm-hmm. it's otherwise it's like, how do we do this? And I think that's that's one of the things I realized is like, I, I don't know what it even means. It seems like it's something we have to absorb like through some sort of osmosis by being around those men. And I think a lot of us are, are not, don't even know where to find them. And you came back from your your rite of passage and you talked about that, about like how nourishing it felt to be around true elders who took a personal interest in your develop development. Did you anticipate that? It felt like when you told me you were like, that was the most surprise that was one of the most surprising things. It was just how starved I was after all these years and yeah. not realizing that I was starved until food was given to me. Yeah, that's how it felt. Yeah. Like it felt like food was given to me as a man. Mm. Like something essential. And there were some there were a lot of initiated men that helped. It was it's a it's a, a non profit and um It's a pretty amazing operation that Illumin is doing. It's truly incredible the work they're doing. And there's a lot of people involved to make it happen. And so there's a lot of men that are, that are supporting men of all ages. May, like I was one of the younger men there, actually. Mm. But there was probably a, one or two in their 20s, all the way up into their like 70s, I would say. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that went yeah. that late. Yeah, um, maybe 60s, but like pretty late. Mm-hmm. Um And there were some men that were acting uh, as elders there, like they were acting in the roles of elders and felt truly like elders, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, like if, if you actually see that, it kind of takes your breath away because we don't see it very often. Yeah. So when there is someone that is actually embodying the role of, of an elder, performing that service for, for a community, it's, it's, in, it's like, wow. Um, I feel like... I can almost feel people being like, or people being like, well, I don't know, like my grandma is kind of an elder or like, you know, like kind of like that elder is, is like, well, as long as you're old and kind of cool, then you're an elder. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I think it's, it's hard to explain it, what happens when you it's actually. Hard. It is, it is hard to explain. Yeah. I, and I don't want to try to make a definition of it because no. elderhood can look so different. Yeah. But I don't think most most people who are old are elders. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have very few. Yeah. Um, because, and this goes back to this goes back to this this observation. The whole that, thing of yeah, the, lack the, of initiation. We've, we've forgotten the initi- the the importance yeah. and the ways that we used to initiate yeah. youth, both men and women, yeah. but in my case, men, into adulthood, it, true adulthood, adulthood that is centered around service, adulthood that is centered around the more than human world adulthood that is centered around uh, a collective good and 
and is and in tune with able the universe. to think with seven generations forward and seven yeah, generations yeah yeah i mean just just think about how look that's an initiated adult look around how many of those do you see in your life mm-hmm. and then what's an elder well an elder is like was initiated and is the, the elders are kind of like the story keepers the culture keepers mm-hmm. the ones that are tending to to the larger the earth and to the universe and to to all these things um they're looking they're looking forward and backward much further than maybe an initiated adult who's more in the day-to-day of life and in the community making right doing the essential functions of any community needs the elders a little stepped back from that it's more Mm -hmm. of a guiding role but i don't know i i think it's one of those that kind of famous line, it's like, you know when you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, it came to me, I was like, yeah, I, I think it's so rare that we don't even know what we're looking for. Or, yeah. you know when you want, when you see one, but it's like... Yeah, actually an elder I've been listening to, I forget his name, he, he does a, he's... Oh, yeah, we'll put, a, we'll put his thing in the show notes, yeah. I also cannot remember his name. Yeah, but it's a series of... of Stephen con- Jenkinson? I don't know. Is that right? Something like that. Might be a series of conversations around elderhood. And and he says one of the what's important right now is that the younger people find and honor elders. It's a bit of a paradox because there's not very many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also to to find them and seek them out. Um because there's a well, I won't get into it. It's a very interesting conversation. But going back, yeah, it did feel like an essential nutrient was provided and I was intimidated to look for that though. Like, yeah, I, I, it's hard to explain, but like looking for men to initiate you or elders, it's, in, it's also intimidating. These are not men I know. Yeah. And there's going to have to be a fair amount of trust. Like I, I, I part of the thing about going to this, I realized some of the challenges I have around relating with men, mm. intimately relating with men. I can work with men. I can compete with men, but I, I'm not super great at being like. This was, it, it was through uh, the wild man groups this year where I realized like, man, it's scary and difficult to be in community with men. So I felt like I needed to do this, but I was also pretty scared of doing it, particularly around presenting myself or, or putting myself in a vulnerable position around older men, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's hard to do. Yeah. I, I think we have a lot of mistrust around older men Mm -hmm. um so that was definitely a bit of a leap of faith what i found on the other side of that was that yeah it's it's intimidating and because they're going to ask things of you they're going to at they're going to at they're going to stretch you they're going to push you they expect they're going to expect more of you than you are right now i think that's part of what's so intimidating Mm. about being in in front of like a man that that you're you're going to for something like this is he can see who you can't, who you, who you could be, will be, can be. Mm. And some of that is also the critical eye of who you're not right now. Like it kind of takes you off your, your kind of self-involved pedestal of how great you are. Mm. It's like, mm, you're not there yet, buddy. Nah. Like, but you're not that great. You yeah. Know, and you won't, and you actually won't. that's one of the, like, you that's won't. one of the big messages <laughs> of initiation, right? Is you're not that important. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I think this is like, this gets the key of like what's so scary about going is that the part of me that's like, I'm super important and I'm special, uh, doesn't want to be told by men that uh, I respect and like have a pretty 
impressive psychic impression on me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not important. You're not important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hard to hear. <laughs> That's yeah. not very fun. No, it's not. It, uh, it kind of, I feel like something you said earlier that I wanted to just elaborate on, because I think we've said this in the podcast before many times, but it's always good to remember because I get in that trap too of thinking that the, it's like, well, ego death. I just want my ego to die. I just want my ego to die. And, but the, the ego is not going to die. It's like an inherently important structure of our psychic reality. What changes is that the ego gets smacked so hard and gets like, it's not even smacked. My, my, the few experiences that I've had were, are just like, it gets confused. It gets taken at its own game of trying to control. And then it just like something snaps because it's like, I've been trying to figure it out for too long. And then it's like, it's not a death. It's a, the ego and the will and the, um, the efforts and the striving that the ego can bring becomes a servant of. It's the death of the ego being number one. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's recognizing that this is a, like the first stage of our life, maybe up to our 30s or early 30s or around 30, mm-hmm. which roughly appropriately is ego development. It is it is developing an ego like you have to have an ego to lose it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a, that's a critical part of it. And if you don't do that, well, you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's important to get to that point. And then it's also important. And, and perhaps who knows, like. Maybe in earlier times, this this process happened a lot. It does seem to me like it's been extended. That boyhood for us goes well into our 20s, if not our 30s. Yeah. It, it seems like... I don't know seems, if it's because we just lack the initiations and I'm not have sure for why. a long time, or if we're getting we're living much longer, There's and probably so everything multi- is extan- extended. Yeah. yeah. But the first 30 years is about developing the ego. After that, it is about, well... It's not about the ego anymore. Yeah. Put it that way. It's, I think it's it's and this is something I think most most men will li- listening probably can relate to in some degree. It seems to be front and center for for it seems to be part of masculinity. Is really like, what is my purpose? Hmm. Like there's a drive for finding, and yes, I think it's I think it's also a universal drive, but it seems to be particularly pronounced. I from think what smoking I can tell. pot would help. Just tone that yeah, down. Yeah, just shove it down several layers. Yeah, exactly. Just haze it. Yeah, just just yeah. make it make it smoky. But there, there's this this drive for purpose or some something greater, right? Some sort of transcendence. Yeah. And and, and I think the mistake is that we can, we can get it inflated with that and feel like we're something greater. Mm-hmm. We're what's most important or yeah. whatever. And I think after your thirties, it's it's. The goal is is different, and in one way I've heard it said is that up to like thirty, you learn from your successes. After thirty, success has nothing more to teach you. It's about your failures. Mm. That's what's going to teach you. It's a descent, and there seems to be this goes to what you're saying, like a road of ashes or a sudden fall from grace, mm-hmm. or these these kind of events seem to need to happen to to kind of beat the ego up or or basically frustrate it. And perhaps at some point it gets to a point where 
it's just uh, fed up. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to give up. Like, yeah. I'm suffering too much. I'm miserable. And that's kind of what happened to me this year in a lot of ways is I think there was a lot of striving. There, there was a lot of ego activity that was pretty heightened for me. And I also have had a really fucking brutal year. Yeah. Just brutal, really difficult year. Nice way to smack the ego down. Yeah. Well, there these initiations, I mean, that's something they said on the intake calls. It's like, for you to be initiated, you need to be willing to be initiated. Mm-hmm. You need to be humbled. Otherwise, why are you going to seek out other men? Yeah. To like, like, why are you going to go through something like this? Mm-hmm. If you don't, you, you, you have to be suffering. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be fuck, fucking fed up. Yeah. You have to feel like you're, you're struggling. Like the thing that, that you need help. You got to ask for help. Yeah. If you're not open to that, then, then you're not ready. I feel like I really want to, I want to place this somewhere because I read it yesterday. I'm reading this, uh, this incredible philosophy book called Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> And uh, in it, she's asked, she's like in her teens at this point, and she's asked to write a little essay on ambition. And one of the sentences in it is, ambition is a great servant and a bad master. Yes. And I was like, that is so well said. That is so true. And like you replace ego, like you replace ambition with ego. And there you go. That's, that's it. It's a great servant, but a bad master. Yeah. Anyways, this is kind of, I feel like a little bit of a side note, but not really. Uh, I'm realizing you're not going to talk about the details of your initiation. I'm not, other than I, I would point anyone who's finding any of these ideas interesting to the work of Richard Rohr. Mm-hmm. Or Bill Plotkin talks about this at a more, uh, Richard Rohr particularly focuses on this in a in a Christian context and a um in the men's context, although that's not to say that he's not also focusing or that the work is not also very influenced by um, a more eco perspective or like kind of encompassing the whole world. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis seems to be more there. Uh, Bill Pockin is um, doing this work for men and women, particularly facilitating vision fasts to um, initiate us into eco centered adults. This, this mentality we're talking about also happens at the human level of thinking as a human race, we're the most important thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's also something we need to die to. That's kind of something I was contemplating when you were talking about this. Is like, we are like a really interesting form of life, like in the grander context, like the processes of thoughts and the, 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 the way the body is designed. Like there's, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Like we're, we're, we're interesting tools. We're useful tools for whatever we, we higher to, consciousness. I mean, we, use seem to, us. we seem to be the most complex evolution in the universe that we can see in some ways. Yeah. That's a really impressive, amazing mystery. Yeah. It, it also doesn't warrant but it's also it's interesting because with that comes more responsibility, yeah. but not necessarily more privilege. Yeah. And and I was reflecting on this. This is gonna sound like classic Julie Roxanne, but I was like, see, in my kitchen, <laughs> your face already. What the fuck is she gonna say? No, but in my kitchen, the thing that I use the most is my knife. But my knife doesn't think he's better than the other tools of my kitchen. We're all, we're, we're, they're all, you know, working together to co-create what I'm doing. They all have a place. So it's like, I don't use the can opener nearly as often as I use my knife, but that doesn't mean that my can opener is less important or, 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 or less useful. 
So I don't know. It's like a, I think that thinking of us as tools for whatever the hell is happening. We we seem to have this incredible consciousness that can actually reflect back the universe to itself, which seems to be one of the supreme achievements of life. Mm hmm as we can tell in the universe. Yeah. It's it's a sophistication that's that's incredible. Yeah. And and that's and something also that's something to celebrate. But it's it, and it's also it seems that what I don't know that is there for is to participate fully in the universe to celebrate in as uh Thomas Berry would say the liturgy of the cosmos, mm. not to use that consciousness, that intelligence to uh, extract, take advantage of, or just basically assume that the rights of other beings don't exist or the rights of the universe as a whole don't exist. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Bill Plotkin focuses a little bit, or he focuses more on initiating us in that way um, into a, a more out of an egocentric consciousness into an ecocentric consciousness where mm-hmm. we p- take our place the uh, more than human world yeah and I'm, I'm actually planning to go uh, participate in one of his uh, vision fasts um, in uh, the Sonoran Desert next year mm. and uh, that's a five-day fast and it's like a 10-day ordeal so I'm, I'm feeling the need for these initiations I think particularly because well because I've gone, I'm going through a road of ashes right now and I'm at the point where I, I, I've been worked on. I think I've been, I've been cooked and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm been humbled enough to realize, ask, for ask for help. Yeah. Um, but, and, and there's also an aspect that's pushing me there from the fact that I am aspiring. I, I rec- I feel like I recognize this problem in myself and others, and I'm also aspiring to participate in this work. And if I were, to, if I'm going to do that, I, I most definitely need to participate in the work mm. uh, in order to to lead it or to facilitate it in any in any way to help help others. Like I also need to be initiated, so I feel like that's also pushing me into some of the stuff because some of the stuff it's like the idea of having done it so that I can help others is cool, but I don't actually want to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get there and I'm like. Fuck, I have to do this. I actually have to do I, this. I, I have to just like I I have to take off this grandiose, I'm gonna help others do this shit. And I have to just like I have to take off all this like dressing and all this self the significance and importance and just be like, I'm here because I need help. And I'm not yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm no more important than anyone else. So as I said, you're not gonna talk initiation. Yes. If 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 you're interested, go read Bill Plotkin. Go, Stop. Go Let me finish my question. <laughs> oh, my God. You are read not Richard important. Or, or uh, we will also link to Illumin and Bill Plotkin's um, organization, Animus, where you can find these the MROP, Men's Rites of Passage, and the, the Vision, the vision Quest. Let me finish my question. Yeah, go ahead. What is your question? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, can you at least reassure people that you didn't get buried and almost died for realsies? No, I, yes, I did. I didn't, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause you, you gave pretty intense examples of the, of the initiations in more like traditional cultures. Yeah. So. Yeah. So 
It's okay. You can just say I reassure people that I reassure people that particularly I, I can't speak across the board, right? But for Illumin, and I and I would say Bill Pluck, and even though I haven't worked with Animus yet, that these are organizations I would trust to undergo something as sensitive yeah. as this. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience I had was profound. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to. It, you need to go into it not knowing yeah, if yeah. you want to go into it. So if you're interested, that's why. Yeah. I, go go look it up and and see if it's calling to you, and then at some point. You know, you need to just trust and and take a chance mm-hmm. and uh, let go of what your expectations of it are going to be. That's part of the process is we need to be willing. You know, I think we have a hard time with the word submission. You need to be willing to submit. Yeah. You submit to other men, too. Mm. Yeah. That's hard. And, and not not to other men, and that's the end-all, be-all, but to other men trusting them that they have your growth, your best interests, and, and that they're going to guide you into something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That, they're, that, that they're doing this as a service ultimately to you and to a greater community. You have to trust them that they, they, they're tapped into that, that mm-hmm. they, they're really embodiments of that. So it's scary. It's scary to, to, to do that. But if you, if you never do, then you surely won't ever have that experience. I think as a way to wrap us up, it was about a little less than two months ago that you got back. Yeah. How was it? How how do you feel on the other side? Like, was it, if you can talk to Alistair before you went, what would you say? I don't, I don't know exactly how to ask this question because I think that the changes and the transformation is almost below the surface and it's yeah. hard to put into words. And I, I feel like it's a big, be- well, so initiation really means this. It means beginning, yeah. right? To initiate. It's a beginning, not an end. Mm-hmm. It felt psychically significant. Um, it felt significant to be supported by a group of men who have gone through the exact same thing you've gone through. It felt significant to be in the presence of elders who were there for your growth mm-hmm. and well-being and benefit. The rites of passage, all the symbolic rituals we went through, the work we did there. Yeah. With uh, with our men, with other men going through this, I mean that was another thing that really um, surprised me was the love I felt for the men I was going through this for, of all ages, backgrounds, and everything. Yeah, when you told I've me never, the stories, it was just like I've never heard the, you. The intimacy was incredible. It's hard for men to do that. It's really hard to 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 find places for that. It's one of the reasons why we do the wild man group is to offer a space for that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's very hard to be intimate with other men and, and connect on a deep level. Again, I don't think we're modeled it very well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't, I mean, just thinking about my own dad, it's like, I don't remember growing up with him having a ton of brothers around and like a ton of yeah, friends. And or, that's fine. Like maybe, you yeah. know, like maybe we can be solitary more of the time, but we a- absolutely need yeah. connection with other men and support of other men. And I was surprised that the love that I felt toward these guys mm. during and after, I was just surprised at how I felt about them and how connected I felt to the mm. group I went. And there was like tw- 20 or 30 of us. Mm-hmm. They've done ones much larger. So I was really surprised by that. And I came back feeling really juiced. And I also, it's definitely already influenced some of my work. I mean, I just saw like per- one example is like um, one of the elders, Joel, was particularly impressive to me and some of the things he was 
he was in the role of the weaver. He kind of weaves everything together, the whole experience through different, through poetry and myths and stories and other people's experiences. Like he's really kind of keeping it going mm-hmm. and, and he's the, the, the main storyteller kind of pulling the whole experience together. And that's also another one of the things that's really powerful about this was it was structured. Mm. It was imbued with meaning. Every little detail had been thought out. Every experience was meticulously cared for and orchestrated in impressive ways. And we were participating in that. And everyone there believed in the importance of this work and were living examples of that, uh, having gone through it. And just like being around that, like being around, like it informed me on how I could do that mm. better. And mm. how, and I feel like it immediately affected my work because I, I saw it done at such a impressive level. It's like, well, I, I want, I can do that or I can start working toward that. Mm-hmm. And I brought more of that in and, and I noticed a difference immediately. So there's, there's been a lot of energy coming, coming out of that. And definitely I think it's worked on me in ways that are hard to explain which it, is kind of the point of initiation. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's achieving something that you can't do on your own, right? Like one of the things that got me there was recognizing all the ways I had tried to initiate myself, mm. you know, like going out into the mountains, in the wilderness, like, you know, f- fraternities, uh, hazing is mm. like a pseudo initiation. It's, it's a it's poorly like one done. Of, I mean, I think it's one of the ways that, those like ancient rituals remain, but only the bones remain yeah. and not the actual like. The impulse and the desire is still there too, though, right? Yeah. Like, as man, I, I just realized like all the different dangerous situations I had put myself in and realizing that there was some truth in the fact that something in me was looking for transformation mm. or, or some sacred space in which an important change could be made. And, and also feeling like, something in me was was becoming bitter that that had never happened. Oh, yeah. And just recognize, seeing the ways in my life where I had tried to do that through drugs and alcohol, and I had tried to do that in this way, in that way, and just, just recognizing this impulse, this desire, this longing, and then to go trust these men with something so intimate and vulnerable and to have that respected, received, and supported in, in every sense of the word. Um it was a highly spiritual experience. Mm. And I really also appreciated with the Illumin group because I actually don't come, like I don't come from a very strong Christian background, although I went to Catholic school at time, for, for times during, during my childhood. This is very much rooted in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. They, they use that as some of the architecture because, you know, Jesus, Jesus was initiated by John the Baptist. Mm. And and he went through his time in the wilderness as well, and um, all these these motifs are very present in the Bible and the Christian tradition. Jesus most definitely was an initiated man, and a lot of the messages of Jesus seem to be speaking to exactly the process that is being carried out through these kinds of rites of passage and initiations. So they use that kind of as the framework, but. To me, it felt like kind of a mystic, a, a mystic Christian approach. Yeah, and and it definitely incorporated other wisdom traditions and and you know spiritual perspectives as well. But kind of used that as some of the infrastructure, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that because 
I, I know a lot of us have a lot of, well, I've ran into a lot of us that have, have a lot of trauma around mm. their upbringing in the Christian church. It's yeah. crazy how many people, and, and about 50% of them are from Texas. Oh my God. Right. It's nuts. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it is, it is, it is a, it is a, it's a part of our heritage oh, as, yeah. as like a, a Western culture, whether you're European or you're, you're American, like whether, whether you subscribe to that faith or not, yeah. it has shaped us psychically in such profound ways that those particular stories, that particular uh, spiritual tradition is very resonant. And I haven't seen a lot of good examples. Of, like, I, I read Christian thinkers that I respect and appreciate quite a lot. But I haven't. I was really impressed to come across um, a Christian-informed organization that I th- that I thought was doing really good work, mm. and wasn't allowing that to to become dogmatic or very narrow um, in their approach. Was actually using that as a platform to kind of push out from, mm. and was really um, opening up to a lot of what all the different traditions are pointing to through. And theirs was just particularly through the the lens of the story of Jesus. And that felt pretty uh, powerful. So all of our dudes out here know where to go in the show notes to find the info on this. Illumin.org. And as far as the women are concerned, if you're like, damn, that sounds good. Is there a women equivalent? I'm searching high and low right now. And I will let you know if I, if I, if I come across something great like this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. And any men who are interested in these experiences, if you'd like to talk to someone who's gone through them, please feel free to reach out to us at info at the far out life. I would be happy to talk more in depth about my experience uh, for those interested. Before we end, I will just point you to the couple of things you can do if you want to support this podcast. Oh, yeah. You can purchase some cacao. Yes, please. That's our favorite way for you to support us because then you also get cacao and we know you are drinking cacao. That is the best thing in the world. All the info can be found on the show notes. So head on over there and just follow the link. The other thing you can do is you can uh, support us as a patron and you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the far out couple. We really appreciate any and all contribution to continuing this podcast. And finally, if you're new here, or even if you're not, and you just haven't ever left a review, please go take a moment, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for this podcast. It's like a game changer, like more than you can imagine. So please just Take two minutes. Do it. Don't put it off. Don't do it tomorrow. Do Do it it right now. Do it it right right now. now. This is your time to shine. All right. We love you. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.